Hello, and welcome to the Lost Map Podcast. I am your host, Pictish Trail. Hi. If you're a first-time listener, a new listener, I'll do a quick introduction for you. I'm a musician. I make music as Pictish Trail. I release albums and I sing songs. And Lost Map is the name of an independent record label that I run, based on an island called Egg in Scotland. That's where I live. We release a fairly eclectic variety of music, from lo-fi indie rock to alternative pop, experimental electronica and the occasional jazz record. Okay, if you're a pretentious music snob, we pretty much exclusively release dad rock, some twee pop and the occasional jazz record. Up yours. Anyway, you're listening to our podcast and we've decided to clean the slate, as it were. We've not got rid of any of the acts. It's just this episode is the beginning of a brand new series. This is episode one of season three, series three. The first two series were focused largely on interviewing artists who had taken part in our residency programme, Visitations. We invited musicians up onto the Isle of Egg to record music for a week, and then I would interview them about it. It was great, and all those episodes are still there for you to enjoy, and there'll be more Visitations releases to come in the future. I think I've just not, I've not booked anything yet, but I'm sure there will be. Anyway, for this series of the podcast, we're going to be focusing on our Postmap Club, with a brand new episode of the podcast coming out each month, released on the first day of the month. So what is Postmap Club? Postmap Club is a few things. First up, it's a sort of weird pun, distorted spoonerism of lost map, postmap, postmap. Postmap Club is a membership club in which we send you postcards in the post every month. These printed postcards contain download codes where you can download new music that we've released on the label alongside some exclusive tracks, rarities, live sessions, audio experiments from the Lost Map Collective. When you sign up, you also get a membership badge mm, and a monthly newsletter from me, as well as discount codes for other merchandise on our website. Ultimately, it's a nice way for you to support what we're doing as a label. If you enjoy this podcast and you like the music that you hear, you should sign up. There are three tiers of membership, starting at just £3 a month, and we've introduced a brand new tier at £10 a month. The Club Biscuit. It's a working title. All of the tiers, all of my tiers, are exactly the same, really. You get all the same stuff, no matter what level you sign up at. The only difference is that if you pay more money, you get a slightly bigger membership badge. I tell you what, the Club Biscuit membership badge is gold-plated, a real beaut. But yeah, you get all the same stuff if you're on the regular brew tier. And if you can't afford anything at the moment, don't worry. It's a crazy time just now. We don't want anyone to feel excluded. So we've made this shitty little podcast for free. It's a great podcast. Come on, you're going to love this podcast. You're going to love this podcast. If you enjoy it, please share it with your pals. We've splashed out a bit and spent some budget on a brand new Postmap Club jingle. Quite excited to unveil this. I've not heard it yet. It was recorded by my lovely assistant, Joe Cormack. Postmap Club, Postmap Club, Postmap Club, it's a very nice club. Early in the morning, just as day is dawning, Victor's trail is talking loads of shite. Oh. Thanks for that, Joe.
Um, so in today's episode of the podcast, you're going to hear some chat with Martha Fion, a face-to-face interview between Laura and Mike of the band Fire Stations, a new regular feature called First Gig, Worst Gig, which this month features Edinburgh-based talent Callum Easter, and another new regular feature called This or That, with a brand new signing to the label, Salka. There's also, at the end of the show, there's a brand new track from Clementine March. We've got a packed show. If you sign up to Postmap Club at any point during November, you'll receive your first package at the end of this month, which will contain postcards of all the new music that we play in this episode, as well as the music to be featured in our next episode, which will be out on December 1st. It's a bit confusing, isn't it? Look, just go to lostmap.com forward slash club and sign up already. It's worth it. I'm worth it. So, Martha Fion is my first guest today. Martha Fion is the stage name for my friend Claire McKay, an Irish singer-songwriter based in Glasgow. We recently released her new album, Nights to Forget, on Lost Map, just over the summer. For this month's Post Map Club, Claire recorded a very special stripped-back live session, performing songs from the album as a three-piece, accompanied by her friends Suze Bear, who some of you might know as Good Dog, one half of Tough Love, also a member of the Pictish Trail Band, and Beth Chalmers, who you might have seen play with Molly Lennon and as a member of Savage Mansion. The session that Claire recorded with Beth and Suze was filmed, and there's going to be an exclusive premiere for Post Map Club members, that's coming out on Wednesday, the 25th of November. Members will receive an email with a secret link to view the show. Ooh, very exciting. I'm sure you'll agree. Separate tickets can also be purchased from the Lost Map website. I caught up with Claire via the interwebs for a chat all about her music and this exclusive session. Before we start, here's a wee clip of the session. I'm now joined via the interwebs by my good friend Claire McKay, aka Martha Fion. Are you there? Hello. Hello. <laughs> the wonders of the internet. It's amazing. It's all happening. Uh, it th- is. Thank you for joining me on today's Lost Map podcast. <laughs> thank you for having me. 
so we've worked together for a wee bit of time now. We put out a single of yours in 2015. Wow. Five years ago, when the world was a much more complicated place. <laughs> Pre-Zoom. Pre-Zoom, I know. I look back on those ty- those days with, you know, quite fond nostalgia. And that was a, it was a lovely single that we released. Aww. And then you like- left. <laughs> I bloody packed my bags and bit the hand that fed me. And then you came crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> my tail between my legs, my advance all spent. <laughs> yes, they all come back. <laughs> they all come back. Well, it's good to have you back. And yeah, this year we released your second album, your sophomore album, if you're allowed to oh my God. call it that. Nights to Forget. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about it. You started recording it, it was last year, right? It was recorded over the course of about a year, beginning last year, and demoed for about a year before that. So it's been a long time in the making, and I made it with my friend Dave, who is a really great producer and multi-instrumentalist. Mm. And uh, we did most of it at his flat, which is around the corner from us. And um, yeah, it was a very different experience to have recorded in the past. And what was nice was we had loads of time to experiment with things and try different things out for every song. And I guess the the harder part was calling it a day. It's different when you've obviously got studio time and you're limited, whereas uh, this could have potentially gone on forever. (laughs) It's funny that, isn't it? That recording process where it's... If it's just the two of you working on something, I've had that for the last few albums. I've done this Pictish Trail where it's instead of taking a band in, it's just been myself and the producer. And yeah, yeah knowing where to stop is <laughs> it's not it's not that easy. But it's not. Usually, when the cash runs out, that's yeah. that's, <laughs> that's always a good place to stop. Um, this is true. But yeah, the first album was recorded with a band, wasn't it? It was, yes, with uh, my live band and we did it with Jamie Savage who is excellent at Chem 19 Mm. Um, but again that was still a question of pushing the acceptable limits of how long you can stay in Chem 19. Uh, (laughs) I think we were there till like 3am one night moving the piano into the recording room so the same problem always presents itself. You always want to add more. Of course, yeah, yeah. Did Dave have quite a strict kicking out time on the new no. album? <laughs> oh, really? No? No. All right. Not at all, no. Uh, the <laughs> night that we finished mixing it, I walked home at like five in the morning from his flat. Holy mine. smokes. I know. You There's need a to have limits. Of love. You need limits. My friend Indeed. Rob had two kids and he was like, when it got to like 6pm, half six, he'd be like, right, that's the kids' dinner. Get out. <laughs> Which was... Yeah, maybe it was quite conducive to me getting the, the album finished as well. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I think there's pros and cons to both. So this new album is more of a pop direction than the previous record, right? In terms yeah. of production. Yep. And that's is that something that you've wanted to do for a while? Or it was a, a sort of quite a deliberate departure from the, the previous sound? Uh, it definitely wasn't something I ever predicted myself doing but it just kind of organically happened that I had quite a lot of time on my hands in the immediate time after releasing my debut and I started messing about with GarageBand and 
writing more on keys and playing about with drum loops and things and that just sort of led to me writing more contemporary sounding music Mm. and also at that time that was the music I was more interested in listening to. I really wasn't listening to a lot of indie guitar music at all. So it was a mixture of those two things, like the experimentation and also what I was listening to. I think as well in my head, I wanted to make music that I could see me and my friends listening to more. And so that was like a kind of selfish goal was that uh, (laughs) I wanted to write music for young women <laughs> oh i forget you're really young you're part of the I'm glasgow so young team young johnny <laughs> give me your youth i want to drink the elixir of your youth um <laughs> it's guinness that's oh, right. the secret oh keeps the skin nice and tight does full of iron <laughs> It must be quite weird though because there's such preparation gone into the record and last year spent making it for yeah. it then to come out in a year <laughs> where <laughs> gigging and all that sort of stuff can't happen. How's that felt like releasing an album during the time of Corona? I think in some ways it's benefited. I've had some opportunities that I don't think I would have had, like some cool gig opportunities and things like that, like getting to do comedy at the COVID arms. Not a stand-up set, but some music ahead of professional comedians. Oh yeah, what was that? That was like a a live stream comedy event, was it? Yeah, so it's still happening on a Saturday and it's Kerry Pritchard-McLean is um, one of the kind of founders of it. Mm. And yeah, that was absolutely amazing to get to be part of that lineup. And I don't see that that would have happened on a regular weekend pre-COVID. So there's been some really special things that have come out of it, but... I really underestimated how much I would miss touring, I think. It's just so strange not seeing how people respond to the songs in person. Mm. So that's been weird. It is weird, that, isn't it? I've got a weird, I don't know what it is in my brain, that sort of weird fail-safe thing whereby I'm kind of, maybe I'm in denial about how much I enjoyed playing gigs, but... In my head, I'm yeah. like, oh, well, gigs can't happen. They'll never, ever happen again. So never, ever think about gigs. That's it. It's over. <laughs> and oh. that's what's kept me sane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's but the hope that kills you, Johnny. It totally does. Give up on hope. Oh, I gave up on hope. <laughs> the minute they closed the nurseries and I had to look after yeah. my children full time. All hope was out the window at that point. <laughs> I mean, it must be really weird for you because... I mean, I could be wrong, but this is probably the most sustained amount of time you've ever spent on egg. It is. Like, yeah, that must be different. It's really odd. I mean, because I absolutely love living here and it's amazing. And, you know, looking at everything that's happened over the past year, I feel like, oh, wow, maybe this is one of the luckiest places to be, you know, completely cut off from all danger of the virus and whatever have you. But, um... I think I appreciated the place more when I could leave it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the same. Same's probably true of my family. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I would never spend normally more than three weeks, four weeks max on egg at any one time before yeah. I had to go off for another gig or meeting or something. So to have spent, what, nine months? Is it now? Eight months? Oh my God. I've lost seven or Seven or eight. Yeah. That's the weird thing though. It's interesting you talk about that comedy thing because I feel like 
music has kind of forced its way out, hasn't it? Across yeah. the across the board, people have found new places and new ways of kind of getting their music across to people. But it is a different dynamic from playing live and playing in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder how much of this will carry on, you know, in a post-COVID world. Yeah, I mean, I think I can foresee a massive digital detox after this. Like, I can see people really stepping away from screens full stop mm. after this. But I could be wrong. This this might finally be the, the kind of death of social media. <laughs> like, post-COVID oversaturation. That's weird. You know, I actually haven't heard that point of view ah, before. Ah, but... this is probably wrong. But... <laughs> well, no, that's, that's quite refreshing to hear that because any sort of article you read about, and I try not to read too many, but any that I have read about the future of the music industry and all this sort of stuff is that, well, all this infrastructure is now in place for live streaming gigs to happen and live streaming is now going to become like a, a, a fixture in live venues up and down the country and people will be able to attend via live stream. But maybe that is, that. I mean, yeah, it's not quite the same experience as going to a gig, is it? And I'm sure people no. realise that. I'm a, I, I just am much more interested in looking at how to do gigs in a COVID-friendly way. Like mm. I think it's quite disappointing that we're not working more towards that. And I know that actually in Ireland, there's been much more of a push towards that. Oh, really? What have they done over there? Well, there just there's been a lot more gigs happening in the same, let's face it, it's a bit more clinical, but the same kind of format as you have with restaurants and cafes here. Mm. So you buy a seat at a table, like cabaret style, and there's like a matinee performance and then an evening performance. So I know that Junior Brother, I don't know if you've... Oh, yeah. Yeah, singer-songwriter. Yeah, he's really, really good. And he did a few of those over the summer. So I'm into exploring things like that. And obviously we're in the midst of a second wave. So maybe this is more something to revisit (laughs) in spring. But I'm, I'm more enthused about that, I think. As a long-term solution. That's cool. Yeah. So in the meantime, you've recorded a live session, which is out uh, yeah. as part of the Postmap Club this this month. We've got some tracks from that and a live stream screening happening on the 25th of November. Yes. Tell us about the session and what yeah, who's involved in it and the concept behind it. Well, I really wanted to work with Suze Bear, aka Good Dog, because Suze is amazing at production and arrangements and things like that. So Suze has helped me to rearrange the songs to fit a more kind of stripped back setup. Mm. So it's myself, Suze and my good friend Beth Chalmers. So a female trio, loads of harmonies, pretty poptastic. We are called Chime, like Chime. <laughs> <laughs> what have you actually got a name for the well band? the re- the recording studio where we did the session all very safe and uh sanitized uh, <laughs> is called chime c-h-i-m-e oh, so right. it was a no-brainer so the group is called chime 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> very nice classy very classy this is cool because yeah. like, the record has got so much of your voice layered up, the album. Yeah. You harmonise with yourself throughout the entire record. And so it's nice that there's a, a live version of that where there is vocal accompaniment. Yeah. And both Beth and Suze are great vocalists, actually, aren't they? 
They are. And we kind of cover all bases. We've got Beth on the Soprano, Suze on the Alto, mm. me in the middle. <laughs> oh, man. F- what a formation. <laughs> yeah. So is the rest of the band sacked then? Is that them gone? They are on furlough uh, for Martha <laughs> Industries. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, cool. No, it 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 felt like the right thing to do when you have to keep teams so small as well. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Sue's recorded the session and mixed it as well because she's just insanely good at everything. And Beth is also a videographer, so she was able to help out with loads of that stuff. And then we only needed a couple of extra people in to help with filming and stuff. So I still love my boys. Mm. Got a place in my heart for them. And when we're allowed to do a proper tour, it's going to be like a 10-piece band, hopefully. A travelling circus. The travelling Wilburys. Oh, that'd be good. The little travelling Dangleberries. Dangleberries. (laughs) (laughs) Listening to the session is quite a pop arrangement that Suze's put... Well, production that Suze's put together, I guess, for the performances. Um, Yes. And that is actually quite in keeping with the record to some extent, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think that it would be lovely to have like some live percussion and bring in some more of those guitars that are quite prominent on the record as well. So there's definitely scope to broaden it out a bit, but it was also fun to keep it more minimal and um, have to work out like what are the key components of Mm. each song. So um, yeah, it was good to make it a bit different to my normal gigs as well where there's usually a lot of loud electric guitars so i've seen some photographs that you sent through the session so of far Chaheim. of Chaheim. and mm-hmm. you're all quite well coordinated clothing wise is this a new yes. a new direction uh it was it was the direction for the day of the shoot uh our our vibe was like a kind of sleazy 70s motel so um we're all in our Elvis whites, as I believe you are referred to. Elvis whites. Our Elvis off whites. <laughs> um, we've got some cool vintage analog props, mm. uh, some CD red and pink lighting. So quite stylized as well, which was fun to do rather than most of my live stream gigs throughout lockdown have been me on my battered city. So. This was nice to put a bit of effort in. Yeah, well done for making that effort. It is so weird with live stream stuff because it is like any time I've been asked to do it, it's a case of, you know, you're sat on your couch and waiting for things to buffer and all that sort of stuff. And it can feel quite awkward. So it's nice that you've created this, yeah, specially filmed, specially recorded session set. Well done. Cheers. Thanks, (laughs) boss. (laughs) So that's going out at the end of this month. There's going to be a screening. So Postmap Club members should be able to see that. You'll receive a a link. Yeah, exclusive. Exclusively. And there'll also be tickets uh, available to buy separately. And it'll go out on the 25th of November. As well as the performance, there's going to be some other bits and bobs that are happening as part of the screening, right? I believe there's going to be some sort of cocktail involved. Yeah, there's going to be a a cocktail making tutorial. (laughs) (laughs) This is great content. (laughs) The cut for the old content farm. Um, (laughs) Like, what is the definition of a cocktail? Because some people would say gin and tonic is a cocktail. And I'm probably going like one level up from that. Okay, well, that's that's good. And that's a good starting point, gin and tonic. But like, yeah. Like, yeah. what preparation should people make? Should people be getting, like, umbrellas, the little cocktail umbrellas ready? 
Well, they're not very sustainable, uh, Johnny. So actually, I, I, re- well, I don't know. They're paper, <laughs> aren't they? I don't know. There's only evil plastic <laughs> microfibers lurking in them. They're tasty. Tasty microfibers. They are. They are. They're good for you. But I think we might need to leak leak a few ingredients in the run-up so that people can get, get stocked. And I think it's important as well that there's a, a non-alcoholic version for all of the oh, so- sober octubers. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine's going to be full alcohol. Yeah. Non-vegan. I'm going to have a big slab of meat just on the side of it as well. <laughs> That's just how ordering, I like to think. Ordering things from Amazon. Are you a bit of a lush? Do you know, would you normally drink a cocktail? I love cocktails, but I'm an absolute lightweight. I was a crazy drinker in my teens and at uni. Loved partying and now I'm so boring. Like, <laughs> if I have three pints, I'll puke. So... <laughs> Well, Hot exclusive. Maybe that should be part of the session. Just you, three three pints, <laughs> and then by the end, there's like a little bucket, <laughs> and we can. No, I think Romeo Taylor has already done that. Puked on Twitch. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's not actually allowed, is it? What? Is that allowed? I think that's something to do with like self harm or something like that. And oh. I think he wasn't. I think he had to edit it or something. I remember seeing for listeners who are not aware, Romeo Taylor has a Twitch channel. And uh, did he just, was he guzzling like tons of coke or something? <laughs> I think it was like some sort of very sweet alcopop or mad dog or something. <laughs> Again, great content. <laughs> well, cool. I'm sure everyone's very excited to see the session, all the Bye. listeners. Yeah, but you, this might be a sort of template for future performances then going into next year. Socially distant ones. Yeah, I would I would love to do some sort of actual gig with an audience with my ladies again. So yeah, what's let's see what, what old Bojo says. Let's see how many people you poison with this cocktail of yours. <laughs> yeah. And see because yeah. you might be cancelled. Guys, get ready for the new pandemic. <laughs> <laughs>
for joining me for that chat. You heard another clip of the session there, a song called Going Out In Style. You can hear the audio of that track in full by signing up to Postmap Club. Who'd have thought it? And the entire live show will premiere on Wednesday, 25th of November. Club members will receive a link to watch it via email on the day. Go to lostmap.com forward slash club for details. Right, now we get to a new regular segment of the show. This is our new regular feature quite partridge this is first gig worst gig in which our contestants are asked to give details on the first gig that they ever attended as a punter and the worst gig they've ever played as a performer it's got the makings of a classic feature our contestant this week is the ever loquacious callum easter whose debut album here or nowhere was released on lost map last year which recently won the public vote for this year's scottish album of the year awards he's just signed to the london label moshi moshi and is working on a new album here is his first gig worst gig Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. First gig, worst gig. Oh, Calamister here. First gig, worst gig. First gig. I don't know if it counts if you were dragged along with your sister. I saw the Spice Girls in Birmingham and I was miles away. And apart from that, I mean, I quite liked the Spice Girls, but that was pretty, that was my first taste of going to an arena and being disappointed. I also saw All Saints at the Edinburgh Playhouse. But the first one I went to as far as buying a ticket myself and going with friends was a gig on the green in Glasgow. At 16 years old, who was on the lineup? There was Jane's Addiction, The Strokes, I saw the Polyphonic Spree, I saw the Datsuns, but my favourite was the White Stripes, that's the first time I saw them play. And they had an upright piano. I thought that must be heavy. I just remember watching that gig and thinking, yeah, I want to do that. But worst gig for me personally was when I was in a band, the Stagger Rats. Well, worst gig for everyone else, I reckon. There'd been a flood in India and there was an emergency appeal and this gig was towards that. But it kind of... I'd say it wasn't promoted that well and it was like quite a quick turnaround and then it was out at the Corn Exchange 2 which is a bit out of the way in Edinburgh it must be about 500 capacity anyway we turned up to this gig in the van and this band was leaving that had decided not to play 
because there was no one there and I didn't really like the other band so that kind of put my back up a bit so we go in and uh, there is really not very many people there there's like a family there and uh, the sound engineer and there's this guy that I know called Pat Kelly and his girlfriend and I mean I, I, this is when I was working as a care worker at the time so I knew Pat from work just as a wee side story he's like a massive Elvis Presley fan like if you go around his house there's just Elvis pictures everywhere there's no space on the wall and um, he's there with his kind of Elvis glasses on and his hair slicked back and his teddy boy jacket like kind of baby blue and he's he loves a dance and he was excited to see us play and all the all the other guys in the band but want to just leave i don't even think the promoter was there that was kind of said something and then we also had a gig later that night so because pat kelly was there and he was excited to see us play i i said that i wouldn't do the gig that night unless we played this gig so we basically set up and everyone was absolutely raging at me and we just played i think the family had left by then it was just pat kelly and his girlfriend in about a 500 capacity venue and he danced the whole time it would make a great music video actually but anyway that's kind of my worst gig but i kind of enjoyed it Fire Stations are a five-piece alt-pop shoegazy band from Walthamstow in London. Really beautiful songs and production. We released an album of theirs called The Year Dot in the year 2018. This year, 2020, they released a continuous 77-minute piece called Dream Home, which is out on the Where It's At Is Where You Are label, and I thoroughly recommend checking that out. They've been keeping really busy over lockdown, as it happens, and we're about to release a brand new series of EPs that they've created, the first of which is called Automatic Tendencies, and it's out on November 6th. It features the single Small Island, which was a postcard released last month and has been getting a lot of great support from Mark Riley on BBC Radio 6. What a dude. Great taste. 
Each copy of the new EP comes with a zine, and there was also a limited edition art bundle version, which sold out immediately on the Lost Map Bandcamp page. I asked Mike and Laura from the band to interview one another. They live together, so no restrictions have been broken. Don't report us. And here they are with some chat about the songs on the EP and the thinking behind the accompanying artwork. I'm Mike, and I'm in the band Fire Stations. Hi, I'm Laura, and I'm also in the band Fire Stations. But there's three of us that aren't here. Giles, Martin, and Tom. So, sorry, lads, you're not part of this. We're going to try and represent best we can. Okay, yeah, so where are we based? We're in London. Well, we live in East London in Walthamstow, and all of us are around here. And stuff that we've released so far, well, on Lost Map, the year dot came out in 2018, was it? Yes, I- April 2018, yeah. But before that, we self-released some stuff, Never Closer, our first album. Well, I mean, if we're going to take it right back to the beginning. Oh, no, don't bother with all that shite. People, do people need to hear about that? Yeah, they Just do. look on Bandcamp. Yeah, so we've got some new releases coming out, Automatic Tendencies. Do you want to explain what the deal is with that, how they're being released and stuff, why we're doing it this way? I would love to do that, yes. Okay, so Automatic Tendencies... Mm-hmm is the, the name that we've given, to, the overarching name we've given to the series of EPs that we're putting out over the next mm. six months. Yeah. The first one's Automatic Tendencies. The second one is Melted Medium. Mm. And the third one is Pixel Wilderness. The first one's out in November. Second one's out in... Soon. Feb- very soon, which is great. Second one's out in February. And the third one's out in April. Yeah, and they're kind of like mixtapes, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. So we've... We've taken a different approach, born of these strange times. You know, we've got like one cover and one remix per EP, is the idea. There's a sunken version, an alternative version of one of our songs, which may normally be louder. An electronic angle, which yeah. is sort of informed by Martin's um, interests. He he does music as a bit cloudy. Yeah. And so he's always been pushing that side of it. I have like a melancholic folk side to me which often rears its beautiful head so there's a really like wide range of music that filters into the music that we create it does all fit together as a whole i guess maybe as the listener though it's quite complicated sometimes thinking oh is that fire stations but i think there is a thread that always runs through it that's sort of clearly us but i think maybe with these eps like we're making that more explicit Mm. i'm quite excited about how they sound yeah, little I mean, collections. Yeah, even if I do say so myself, I was really pleased to... Uh, <laughs> bloody great. Please <laughs> they're bloody brilliant, these things. And the three EPs also have art collections that come with each one of them. So the idea of those is to like elaborate on the themes within the songs. Um, and I'm maybe getting a bit carried away, arguably, but like, I think it's great. Like, And I've been thinking about like water as kind of... Well, as an island, water is what surrounds us. And I guess maybe some people think of that as a border... Or, but maybe it's a connection and actually you can't really have a static border in water because it's fluid so it just sort of all feels like a massive metaphor for kind of what's underlying the ideas in the song so quite a lot of the art bundle is about kind of British culture like um, the fish and chip fork that our, our good friend Phil 
crew who's a designer made for us is just like bang on because you can like eat your chips sitting there looking at the sea in contemplation about how we're now isolated from you know, <laughs> yeah but also thinking about how futile it is having a border in water because it's actually a connection quite a lot of the art bundle is like thinking about those ideas and kind of adding like thinking about the complexity of it and the complexity of being british as well but like without going into too much politics but that's kind of what was guiding all of that but you know it's it's nice to have like a collection of stuff that kind of adds more meaning to the songs so ask me about the songs yeah D- would you say that sometimes you over intellectualize things no. <laughs> that's not the question what is the question tell me about the songs mike what's your writing process i'm glad you asked that <laughs> <laughs> well i try not to understand my writing process i think like a lot of people if i i feel like if i understand it then it will just disappear so I sort of willfully maintain the mystery for myself. And also I quite like the idea that songs can be in the eye of the beholder, in the ears of the beholder. But I guess generally speaking, factoring into what we were talking about a bit before, about ideas of identity, belonging, place, what it feels like to be living on this island, what it feels like to be alive in a crazy world where things seem to be very tumultuous at the moment... I think in my previous songs, I try to look at that in a more kind of like systemic kind of like zoom out kind of way. But I think now I've really tried to zoom in on my own life and my own feelings about my position and things that have been happening uh, to me. the therapy years. Yeah, the therapy years. <laughs> Adrian Mull, the therapy years. That should be, that should be a, probably is a book. In the, um, in the art bundle, there's a zine that was put together using the lyrics to Small Island, going through like a google translate kind of machine generated um translation and we put it through like loads of languages and like tried really hard to glitch the program making it as difficult as possible and some of the lines that came out of it are amazing and it wouldn't exist were it not for the differences between us quite i always quite like this bit protect me from myself i am my self-promotion also vote for me from the people i speak my own teeth i am my own product I'm straightforward, I cook and eat, be my body. I'm rich and spontaneous, self-styled, hoping you'll definitely support me. Eat out of my hand, self-intercourse, I will do my job better. So good. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty. <laughs> I think what you need to do is write a song with those new lyrics. Yeah, so look out for an album. And then actually, from now on, we can just do this process for all our songs. And it's like, Fire Station has basically become a bot. Yeah, bot music. (laughs) Bot band. (laughs) Look out for the new bot band. Well, anyway, uh, we've been Fire Stations. And it's been a pleasure to chat some nonsense. Thanks so much. last five minutes or so. Hopefully see you in real life very soon. Bye.
Now it's time for... This or that? Is it this or... Is it that? Is it this or that? Is it this or that? Yeah, it's a new segment, a new regular segment of the show that you're going to come to love over the years that we're going to do it for. Years. Our first contestant on this new regular segment is a brand new signing who didn't, I don't think, fully realised what he was signing up for. A new signing to the label called Sulka. Sulka is the work of a guy called Lucas Klassen, who's based in Glasgow. He runs a collective called Negative Hope, and we've just released his first single called Fear It, which is out in this month's bundle. And uh, he's an amazing singer-songwriter and um, yeah, producer, he produces all his own stuff and it sounds fantastic. But we didn't want to ask him about any of that yet. We just wanted to get to know him on a different level by asking him a series of, <laughs> of this or that questions. We asked people to send in their questions and I'll let you know how to do that soon. But here, here's, <laughs> here's Sulka's this or that. Hi, I'm Lucas from Sulka, and this is This or That. Aliens or humans? Aliens. Archery or jousting? Archery. Autumn or spring? Spring. Baba Ganoush or Baba O'Reilly? Baba Ganoush. Cream or custard? Cream. Cucumbers or courgettes? Cucumbers. James Dean or Dean Gaffney? James Dean? Kiss or cuddle? Cuddle. Mongoose or cobra? Mongoose. Mum or dad? Mum. Oasis or blur? Blur. Oat milk or cow milk? Oat milk. On or off? On. Penguins or gold bars? Penguins. Poltergeist or zeitgeist? Zeitgeist. Rock and roll or soul? Rock and roll. Salt and vinegar. Or salt and sauce. Salt and vinegar. A scrambled egg or a boiled egg. Boiled egg. Short sleeve or long sleeve? Short sleeve. Sweet or savoury? Savoury.
That really is a great section, that, isn't it? Mum or Dad? That's a tricky one. Thank you to Salka for taking part. I really think we got to know him there. (laughs) If you would like to submit your questions for this or that, please, this or that, please send an audio recording with just the question to this address, club at lostmap.com. Recording on your phone is totally fine. Send it in this month and we might have a prize for the shittest question. Okay, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Lost Map podcast. I'm going to leave you now with another track from this month's postcard collection. This is by Clementine March, a French singer-songwriter living in London. We released her debut album, Le Continent, I told you she was French, in January earlier on this year, and she's reworked one of the tracks from the album. This is a new version of the song Elixir. It was recorded with Toby Burroughs of the band Posse, and it features Ursula from Snapped Ankles on drums and Phil MFU from Vanishing Twin on Moog, among other pals. Uh, it's pretty cosmic. Spoiler, Clementine gets her flute out at one point. It sounds incredible, and she informs us that this is the direction of things to come. I'm not sure if that means there's going to be more flute, but it sounds great. I'm excited to hear more, certainly. Thank you for listening. And yeah, again, if you've enjoyed the music in today's episode, please sign up to Postmap Club. Go to lostmap.com forward slash club cheers